Hello and welcome back to Reeling in the Piers. My name is Gary O'Brien and this is where I get some of my very good friends on to chat and discuss about all kinds of movies. And joining me today, once again, it's Lily Nolan and she's here to talk about the 2005 adaptation of Jane Austen's novel Pride and Prejudice. So stick around. We hope you Oh, dearest Lilithy, how art thou this fine morn here now we speaketh about this movie F2, yes? <laughs> Was the end of that French? Oui, oui. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty good. Thanks, Gary. I appreciate you going full character for our podcast today. I won't yeah, be committing. It's no bother at all. It's no bother. I think this is a decision I made during the intro and I think I might stick with it. I'm not going to lie. I wonder, I hope you like change what character you are in the movie. Like at one point you should be Judy Dench's character. Oh, I don't think I know enough about the characters to have that sort of range. Okay, we're just going to go with a a general accent. Yeah, I might do a Cockney one as well. I I don't think there's any Cockney characters in it, but we can give it a red (laughs) hot go. Can you do like a Northern English one? Like Newcastle? Because that's probably uh, more accurate to what they Miss Darcy no, sounded like. Uh, no, I, I can't without sounding Jamaican. Okay, fair so. enough. Yeah, let's not let's not go there. <laughs> yeah. So you are here once again, and we're talking about probably one of your is it your favorite book or favorite movie or what's the why have you made oh, me it's, watch this? It's it's one of both. It's definitely one of both. Favorite, one of my favorite books, one of my all time favorite movies, and. Um, I just felt, I feel like it's important that the listeners know that all the other movies I'd done were movies that I didn't like, not know, I enjoyed them, but I didn't know that much about them. So this is like my, uh, it's almost like my turn to do my actual intro to the podcast and pick my movie that I really love and get make you get to make you watch it and then get to make you talk about it with me. Yeah, I'm not happy about it. And this is this is this is on on the same level of Orla wanting to watch Rampage, in my opinion. But wow. Least, yeah, this is where I put this. This is a but good like, movie, though. I know it's not the kind of movie that you like because we did go see Emma together as well in back in regular times. I liked times. Emma more than this. Emma really? was funny. Yeah. Oh, we can talk about that. Yeah, Emma is more of a comedy. This this is a very it's a funny book, but they made some like choices yeah. in the adaptation. But yeah. Uh, but speaking of book, you have the book. You have three versions of this book. I have three you versions have of this one book. One here. There's like a I have poster one... or something behind you. Is, yes. Is that, what's that? It says, are the shades of Pemberley to be thus polluted? One of the best lines. I have, um, so I have another version of the book. I have a candle. I have a few postcards that are relevant. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an Austin fan. I have read almost all the books. Actually, I haven't read Mansfield Park. That's the last one I have to read. Um, I'm like generally a class, like a book person. So uh, I like these things a lot and yeah, I love a good adaptation and I quite like Keira Knightley despite the fact that a lot of people don't like Keira Knightley so this kind of has everything for me she's, I think she's, well, she's great in this I really enjoyed her in mm. this like, it's less um, it's, she does a great job of like old like old timey person in a yeah. dress that's like has to deal with a dickhead but you know um, you know this is like her so you know all those movies that Keira Knightley's kind of famous for you've got like this Atonement the Duchess Anna Karenina all those movies she made with this director Joe Wright and this is their first movie together uh, and I think it kind of like she's like the she's like the De Niro to his Scorsese mm-hmm. but this is 2005 so we were like 10 when this came out Um, so I didn't see it when it came out I saw a little bit afterwards and uh, it kind of already it like Kieran Knightley was kind of cemented in this character or in this 
I don't want to say she was typecast, but she was typecast as this kind of person before I'd even seen this movie. So it kind of just like made sense in the universe to watch yeah. it. Uh, well, I suppose anyone that maybe doesn't know what this movie is about, me included, uh, could you just give us a <laughs> just give us a quick recap, if you will? Uh, well, Gary, thanks for asking. This movie is about the Bennett sisters, of which there are five, and um, it's kind of mainly focused on two of them, Jane Elizabeth, and it mainly the main character would be Elizabeth Bennett, second oldest sister. She's very headstrong. Um, she's she's a little bit prejudiced some might say she uh, meets people and forms quick opinions of them and one of the people she meets is mr darcy who's who's a bit proud and she um instantly judges him and then they kind of become they're kind of at loggerheads a little bit and they're a sort of a classic enemies to lovers movie where there's miscommunications aplenty but then they find out that they're actually really similar and they do love each other uh, and it all ends happily in the end Oh, was that what happened? I I got a complete. Oh my god! I just thought. Wait, it was what movie did you watch? I watched Too Fast, Too Furious. I think I I don't know. There was a lot of car racing, um, okay. and then all of a sudden Vin Diesel was there screaming about family and drinking Corona Light. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely. Yeah. I can see how you got the two confused. It was a very easy mistake. I thought. Um. So yeah, like I guess like. In term, you mentioned you like adaptations then. So, like, yes. what... How do you rate it? Because like, there's another version of this um, that I... There's, there's a few there's versions of this. There's the main other one, which has got Colin Firth in it, which yeah. is why I was... Ex- I was expect- To be honest, I didn't really know who was in this one. And I was like, where's Colin Firth now? Jeez, he's not in this at all. Then I realised, ah, he must be in the other one. The other one is a six-part um, adaptation that the BBC made. The BBC make a lot of Austin adaptations on ITV as well. They're all equally good and bad in different measures. Um, but that one would have been very, very famous. There's also a 19... I'm going to get the year wrong. There's an early 1900s version of it that did win the Academy Award with Laurence Olivier in it. And that one's really, really famous as well. Ah, I see. So which one would you uh, would you consider this the best one? There's also Bridget Jones' Diary. Um, this... Oh, I don't know. I like I, I like them for different reasons. Um, I like the... I've actually never seen the one with Laurence Olivier in it, but I know that's my mom's favourite. And I have seen the other one, the... Um, one with Colin Firth in it loads as well and I like them both for, for different reasons because the other one's much longer they're able to like go into way more characters like there's a lot of characters left out in there's this one there's so many more balls there's, like, there's a good there, few more balls. balls I mean dances it's not Bridgerton or anything like that <laughs> and they, oh, there's just so much more miscommunicating there's longer walks in the field there is there's a lot uh, more walks yeah people are sick for uh, people are sick for like time. an entire episode there's there's just yeah, there's a lot more like hang. There's a lot what more like. Happened? I don't know where two hours of my life went with this movie. Like it just. It took I, you a long time to watch this movie. I kept pausing because I just, I, I just couldn't. Bear. I mean, as I was, I was trying to tell you beforehand. I was like, you just need to give in, lean in, and embrace it because it's an unreal movie. Uh, Kira Knightley was nominated for the Oscar for this, and the costume designer was not. Her name is. Oh, I'm gonna Jacqueline Durant. She was nominated as well. She didn't win, but she did win later on for uh, a to- Anna Karenina, and she did win for Little Women as well. Also, costume designer for this. She's the costume designer for the new Batman movie. Okay, don't try. Make, don't, try make this a, don't try and be like, see Gary, there's a Batman reference here. 
Look, Aaron, just bringing it back to things you know. I'm just bringing Look, it back to things you know. There's a James Bond girl in it. Like, that was enough to yeah. hook me in. I was like, I didn't know. Yeah. Actually, yeah, so let's, I suppose, we'll, I'll, I'll do a quick run through of the characters and we can kind of yeah. go from there. So you got Kira Knightley. She mm-hmm. plays Elizabeth Bennett or Liz mm-hmm. Bennett. She's the one, Lizzie. as you mentioned, Lizzie. She's the one that um, hates um, Mr. Darcy and then loves Mr. Darcy. And yeah. speaking of Mr. Darcy, it's Matthew McFadden? Matthew McFadden, yeah. Know. McFadden, yeah. Um, so I didn't know where I fucking recognised this guy from. And it took me so long. I was like, why do I... He's like... He plays this... Not dwee, but he plays this like... Ah, dork's the wrong word. He's from Succession. Yeah. And he plays like the the, the, the kind of dweeby son-in-law. The kind of like, like gold-digging son-in-law kind of, yeah. Kind uh, of. Yeah, cause he's not really in for it because he loves... Social climbing? Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Kind... No. He's, he's a decent... This isn't important. ...ish person. It's, it's not important. It is important in the sense of that's what I knew him as and I haven't seen him in nothing else. So I okay. found it really jarring to see him be this whole weird, as I put, have it in my notes, goth emo fucking yeah, Elizabethan, yeah. like whatever the fuck it is. And he's just like, oh, don't Very do awkward. Uh, uh, I don't like so people. socially uh, awkward, I'm just yeah. going to write some letters. Uh. He's just such an emo. I just imagine him going up through stairs, uh, going upstairs and like getting his like, I don't know, records on and playing like, I don't know, My Chemical Romance just <laughs> up in his large, like, manor bedroom yeah. just being like oh I never want to dance mm-hmm. so that's why I, I struggled to watch this man because I was like okay. this just is, is so jarring to me I think he's not that Colin Firth is a is not a good Darcy but I think um, this version of Darcy and I'm not alone on this it's like widely known that he plays him more more into the awkwardness and less into the like pride kind of that comes off of him yeah. which um I think is a good a good character interpretation. And yeah, I don't, I didn't get like any, like, like it feels, it felt weird that they ended up together from the movie. Really? I didn't, I, I oh, just wow. didn't, I was just like. It's like we weren't watching the same movie. I, to be honest, I don't think I was watching it. And <laughs> no, I was. No, but I was just like, he's a dick. I just. He's, she seems but he's too, like, yeah. I don't know. Is he just, though? Like, what does he do? wrong yeah this brings me to one of my first points it's just like why are you talking why are you talking about people like that at, a par- at their party huh why you why like she she didn't That's like funny, what you call yeah. it, make a big fuss she was just came up to and talk to you and then he turns around and he's just like oh she's not very agreeable also what the fuck does agreeable mean that just sounds weird tolerable. i'm gonna go off in this little rant to- no yeah i have down here agreeable and tolerable which okay. made me think of there should be like a weird what kind of period of time is this set in so i don't keep getting um so it's set in the very very end of the 17 what so the book was written at the very, very end of the 1700s. She didn't actually publish it until about 1816. But this okay. movie has turned back the time and set it in the 1700s, the very end of the like 1798 okay. type time because um, it's it, it just brings it back from uh, Regency into the Georgian period and it was to do with costuming choices. But also that's when Jane Austen first wrote it. Okay. Well, all I was saying is I want an 18th century version of Tinder where you swipe yeah. right for agreeable and swipe so, left for not tolerable. Something something that is um that isn't in this but it's a great bit from the book is that the book actually starts with the line and I'm going to get it wrong so I'm actually going to open the book before oh, yeah, I fuck it up. Okay, great. Yeah, I have the book beside me. So the the first line in the book is it is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. So it is. The book is just about like marriage oh well it's it's called about it's called like a like a story of manners it's about like their impressions of each other and following the rules of society and how they kind of don't and do but um Mm. yeah it's all about marriage basically and the rules of that 
Like, so one thing that I love about the Jane Austen books and the adaptions is, and I'm fully stealing this off stuff I've read on the internet because I would read a lot about this kind of stuff anyway, is that it's about the things that people of the time would have considered unimportant. It's about like, or while things men of the time who would have been the only known published writers would have considered unimportant. So like marriage, securing a good home for yourself, things like that, that she takes the like world of women and makes it very important. And her books were really, really popular among men and women at the time, uh, which was obviously it was, they were all published anonymously by her brother. But um, yeah, so that's why I really like them. It's about these things that are like, you could be cast aside as inconsequential or not important. And she takes their lives and their worlds and makes them really, really important. Um, and that is kind of one of the, the things. So it's like, it's a big deal, marriage, if you're a woman in the late 1700s, early 1800s, because you have literally nothing else, especially of this social class. Because if you were richer, you could inherit. So in Emma, like the character Emma, she will get all her dad's money. Yeah. Um, that'll go to her and her sister because that estate's not entailed because they're wealthier. Um. So who else we got in this? We got, we got, uh, we got, because uh, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't know. I'll try to plot walk through but so much of it is this person goes here and they yeah. have a big long conversation and then this person goes here and they have a big long conversation so yeah. like <laughs> it's important to get I, through so, the people first so we can talk about their big long conversations okay so the next sister or who's technically the first sister is jane bennett excellent that this character is like the epitome of beauty and niceness and goodness named after the author of the book which is always a nice like little thing to do for yourself if you're writing the book She's played by Rosamund Pike, and I really, really love Rosamund Pike in this. She's so good. She is criminally underappreciated in Hollywood. Continue. Yeah, I hate it. She did should should have she should have been getting way more stuff after Gone Girl, in my opinion. But anyway, yeah, she was so good in Gone Girl. I'm looking forward to her new one. Not to date this podcast. <laughs> Found I'm looking girl. forward to her new Netflix one. <laughs> or what's her new Netflix? I care a lot. Yeah, well, she's been nominated for Golden Globe, hasn't she? So yeah, might be good. It should be good. Um, but in this, she's, uh, she's, also, she's quite good in this. And fun fact, so the character, so the the reason they all get to meet this Mr. Darcy character we've been talking about is because a Mr. Bingley rents a house in the area and Mr. Darcy's his friend. Mr. Bingley is played, is like a, a kind of a newly wealthy guy. They don't talk about it in the movie, but in the books, their money comes from the same kind of place as the Bennett sisters, like from trade, but... Um, because they're, they've become a little bit wealthier, they've kind of like, they start to like, the sisters kind of scorn everyone. But that's beside the point. But Mr. Bingley really falls in love with um, Jane Bennett, the older sister. And that kind of plays into the central conflict. But the actor who plays um, Mr. Bingley, Simon Woods, himself and Rosamund Pike were, you dated before this? What? Yeah, and they broke up. And then they had to add, they asked her, yeah, they asked her if she minded if he would play her love interest in this, but they were on good terms oh, and stuff, so it didn't matter. That's awkward. That's actually yeah. really interesting. Do you know what makes it even little... more awkward? Do you want to add another layer of interest to this? Go for it. She... I'm ready. <laughs> Joe Wright, the director of this, himself and Rosamund Pike started dating after this. What? And they were engaged. Yeah, they got engaged. What? And then eventually Hold on. What does this probably off. look like? So. Joe Wright, he would have been quite young, so he was a he'd done a bit of TV work. He'd done a lot of music videos, and I think you can kind of see he this. Did, in like the movie. a Coco Chanel ad I saw earlier. Yeah, and um, he, it, but this was his first feature film. Oh my god! Do you want to know something funny? His yeah. current partner's surname is Bennett. Brilliant. There you go. Ten out of ten. This movie launched the career of a lot of people. Joe Wright. Um, Obviously, Rosamund Pike and Keira Knightley were quite famous already. It, it kind of moved Keira Knightley into this kind of adaption 
uh, stream. Mm. But then Carrie Mulligan. This is the first movie she ever made. Yeah, it's mad because I, I, I was literally told because uh, there's an episode that has come out uh, on Drive with Carrie Mulligan. She's fantastic in it, and sh- uh, we were talking. I, I think we were either talking before or after about how she's in this, and I was like, "Geez, I didn't know she was in this." And then I watched the movie, and I forgot she was in it again. Yeah. I promise I watched this, but I completely <laughs> forgot she was in it, and I was like, "Oh fuck, I missed her again." And then I look back at the pictures, like, "Oh my god, yeah, she's yeah, she's, she's very young in this, and she got the part." Yeah. I, I actually only know this because I was watching stuff, um, press junkets from her for doing she was doing for Promising Young Woman and at one point she talks about how she only got this part because she wrote to the casting director about how much she wanted to be in movies and they put her in this movie. Oh. Yeah, so she plays, for everyone wants to know, she plays, um, she plays Kitty Bennett. Kitty Bennett? Yeah. Yeah. Who is the fourth youngest sister. We skipped a sister. We skipped Mary. We should go back to Mary. I feel like... Does Mary have a character? Tallulah Riley, yeah. She's just the really stoic one. She does a lot of reading. She says a lot of... Mm big important things uh this is one of Lula Riley's first things that she ever did she'd done one thing before this as well so this like a minor character in something in the BBC but again yeah this is one of her first movies she's good in it she married Elon Musk after this wait what Tallulah Riley Mary Bennett she was married to Elon Musk twice oh actually oh my god yeah yeah oh, oh yeah I'm Jesus. not making that up Oh no, I, I see it here now. I, I, she, again, she's really young in this, and I don't really yeah. know much about um, yeah. Elon Musk. So I was just like, oh my god, I just know was, that about her. She's Annabelle Fritton from Saint Trinian's. Yeah, and Saint Trin- Trinian's too. The Legend of Fritton's Gold. She's an Inception. You... This yeah. is just me, Gary, reading Wikipedia now. Pod, the podcast. <laughs> this she's is in Gary having Dark to... World. Having done no research before he comes to the podcast. She's in Bloodshot. Uh, okay. Let's go. Our very last sister is Lydia Bennett, played by Jenna Malone. And what has Jenna Malone been in, Gary? Do you know anything? Uh, let me just uh, let me just check the old brain there now. Hold on. Let me just let me check it's my. She's been in <laughs> let, me, let me just check my. <laughs> ah, Jenna Malone. You say born on the twenty first of <laughs> November, nineteen eighty four. That Jenna Malone you speak of. Yes, um, Jenna Malone from the Hunger Games. Jenna Malone. Oh, she's in the Hunger Games. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I haven't got to that page yet. Hold on, of my brain, of my brain, of my brain. Um, she's in, uh, she's in the, yeah, she's in Batman v Superman, the ultimate yeah. edition, uh, the ultimate edition only. Did you? She's, also, oh, she's, she's the she's only. New, oh wait, she's in that awful new David Bowie movie. Yes, and she was in Nocturnal Animals. Uh, yeah, and the Neon Demon. And she is the only American that they hired because her. Oh yeah, because Donald, Donald Sutherland is Canadian, mm-hmm. I think, and they wanted to go for like a full. British. They wanted yeah. to do a Harry Potter, but also Don- Donald Sutherland can kind of lean into the accent quite well. It's not um, it's not something unfamiliar. There's to another. Him, there's another Hunger Games person. Yeah, that's true. Donald Sutherland plays the father. You Mr. got a load Bennett. of future. You got a load of future franchise people. You yeah. got um, Kira Knightley and Tom Hollander. I think his name yep. is, and they all go off to do pirates. Tom Hollander is in About Time as well. The one with um. Donald Gleason, he plays the like grumpy Rachel, guy. Rachel McCann. Yeah, he plays the grumpy guy that he was in with, and he's really good in that. Um, yeah, he's the the dreaded cousin who will inherit Mr. Collins. There's this is a, this is a great cast when you, when you look at it. Like it is, re- yeah, it's really and like uh, like as much as I've been ragging on the movie, and um, the the cast is like I suppose my actual opinion on it is it's a very well put together yeah. movie from a location and sets point of view the costume is fantastic the performances are great uh, and like i th- you know think... um it's it's all filmed on location it's one of the only movies they filmed everything on location yeah 
Because I, I, and I, I think I knew that, be- well, I, I spotted it because there's literally a house in this that's in The Gentleman, which I only watched about two weeks ago. And I was like, that's the same little alcove that was they used mm-hmm. in another shot. Um, but like, I think where I just fall down, where the movie fall down for me is that like, it just, I know they're speaking the exact words from the book. Sometimes, But it yeah. just comes across that they're, they're re- like, it's so laboured sometimes mm-hmm. when they're speaking. I, 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 I just get that thing. I'm just like... It's maybe because I just don't watch yeah. enough of this stuff that it's just like this sense. That's fake. true because it actually, I think it's kind of adapted quite well. They tried to be accurate while updating it for modern times. But there is, yeah. there's, is like a, tr- like a labor in communication that I guess is just, I would mm. say maybe it's of the times. Like, yeah, it's really unusual. Like it is super unusual that a woman would talk to a man the way Elizabeth Bennett talks to every, any, everyone and anyone in this movie. Um, But also yeah. this is, this is like... A lot of the other adaption, a lot of the old Jane Austen adaptions were very, very like stringent to the letter, um, like really, I don't want to say faithful because it's not like this one's unfaithful, but they were like of a time, whereas this kind of brought about a new world a little bit of Austen kind of inspired adaptations. Like you wouldn't have had Emma if this movie didn't exist. You wouldn't have, you know, Mm. this really set the tone for a lot of adaptations going forward. You had kind of Baz Luhrmann going very artsy with Romeo and Juliet, kind of beforehand so that's why uh, and there was another one that happened beforehand far from the madding crowd sense and sensibility like you know there have been some really successful literary adaptations before this but this kind of it kind of got your harry potters you got your lord (laughs) of the rings you've got uh you've got your james bonds you've got your marvel movies sorry i'm just i'm just trying to name some things i actually know well you've got like before this you would have sense and sensibility which had like alan rickman in it and like Mm -hmm. that's a great adaption as well i had um yeah oh my god what's his name What's the um, other guy in the other guy in? Hold on, let me check. Hugh, Hugh Grant. Oh my God, Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. You have sense and sensibility um, with Alan Rickman. Hugh Grant. Uh, Hugh Grant. <laughs> That's really like. Oh, like Emma it. Thompson did the screenplay yeah. for that, and it's directed by Ang Lee. This and podcast is just me being over, like finding out who people yeah. who did and directed things. And Emma Thompson is Lee um, from the Hulk. Emma Thompson's in it as well. She's the like main girl. She's oh you know rewarded for her sense at the end of that movie. By getting to marry um, Hugh Grant. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Also, sorry, we're getting distracted, but there is a new Jane Austen. Da- we watched Emma last year. I've made you watch Pride and Prejudice. Um, uh, some of them haven't been adapted in ages. Northanger Abbey, Mansfield Park. Uh, Billy Piper did the last Mansfield Park, or the last Northanger. No, the last Mansfield Park adaptation, I think. But they're making a new Persuasion adap- adaptation. Oh my God, I can't speak. I'm very excited about that. It's coming out next year. Uh, fingers crossed, COVID, etc. Uh, and I'm I love it. I love an adaption. Um, yeah. So I we'll, we'll quickly cycle back uh, to the characters. So like you said, uh, Donald Sutherland, he plays the father, um, who is just kind of desperate to get his kind of daughters to be married and mm-hmm. you know be gone with. Um, you also have the mother, who is played by Brenda Blenthen. Brenda Blenthen. We're gonna say Ble- Brenda Blenthen. I think. Do you want me to try pronounce that? Um, I think we're going to stick with Brenda Blanton. <laughs> we're going to stick with what? <laughs> Brenda. Bre- Brandy B. So you got Brandy B playing Mrs. Bennett. Uh, who else did we get? We also have... Oh, Judy Dench is in this one. She plays yeah. Lady Yeah, oh, Catherine how have we Deboe. not talked about the honourable Judy Dench? There's another James Bond one there for us now. Um, she's so good in um, this she, as well. She's great in this. She's fantastic. And, like, mm-hmm. I, I think it was something I read that the director, like, wrote her... The only reason she agreed to do it, one of the reasons she agreed to do it was the director wrote... 
uh, her letter, which pretty much had the tagline or the, the, the subject line of, I want you to play this bitch. And <laughs> apparently she was like, I'm in. I'm ready to go. And she does a great job. She's really, really good in it. It's and, like, really good. I just loved her kind of costume being so like, you know, when like, I don't know, it was kind of just almost like too much makeup, too overdone. Yeah. But she's just so also, rich. She just rude. doesn't like... And she's like so rude and she does not care. And even in the books, they comment on the fact they're like, she's being, she's displaying manners that are not of her like class. Like she's making things really awkward for people. And they're like, oh God, this is not okay for someone who's of this standing. But she can do it because she's rich and she doesn't give a shit. I love it. Are the shades of Pemberley Um, to be thus polluted, Gary? That's what she wants to know. Yep. I'm, I can ah, oh, I can only. I honestly don't even remember that bit of the movie. It's when she storms into the house and she's like, "I know, I did. I'm joking. I have seen." Did you watch this just, movie? I'm, I did. I'm just enjoying winding you up. Like, the- Something. Another thing I know about this that um, so they like Bennett's want to marry like Mr. Bingley when he comes into the neighborhood is like such a draw because he's really really wealthy. Um, and then they find out that Mr. Darcy's even wealthier. But I, I can't remember, they like name the amounts, it's like 10,000 a year or something. Just for equivalency's sake, that's like a couple, that's like a million and a bit a year is yeah. what he turns over in profit from his investment, which is a lot of money. Mm. Um, so I were kind of, I suppose, to prove that I have seen this, I'll okay. try and w- quickly go through the plot in a way. So they all meet you. at this ball. Actually, I'm just going to, I'll apply structure. Diverting from structure, just one second. How effortful would it be to have to learn all these goddamn dances every fucking time? Like, oh, we're having people over. Oh, fuck. Where do you do this? Do you go left or right? It must be a pain the whole... The first 11 of the movie, I I don't know how much longer it went on after this, but I've written down here, there's 11 minutes in and there's just been dancing. It seems like such a laboured activity to have to do. Why can't you get out to the pub? Have a few pints. Don't be worrying about having to learn your dance choreography. As we all know, Gary, you are from that town in Footloose. So you're not a big fan of dancing anyway. I'm the mayor. (laughs) You're the mayor of that town in Footloose. And um, it's the Mm -hmm. only social thing they do. You saw Emma as well. Like, there's a lot of dances these people have to learn. It's very complicated. But yeah, so like, there's just dancing. The mother's doing... I I do enjoy the mother, the character. She's great at like trying to like be the ultimate wingman uh, to these daughters and try and get them all like hooked up and be like, hey, you like the... (laughs) You like the look of Jane? I don't know why she's Watto from Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, in the book, she's a real bitch as well. There's a line at one point where she's like, Elizabeth Bennet, the daughter she doesn't really care about. (laughs) (laughs) But like... And I I think this character, um, you know, what was her name? Brenda? Belinda? Brandy B. Brandy B. Brandy B. She leans it. She's a bit nicer. She's a bit more maternal in this than in some of the other adaptions, which is good because other times it's like it's uncomfortable to watch. She hates her children so much that aren't unless they're Lydia. Well, and then and so I suppose then what happens is the only person who's kind of successful at pulling at this uh, copper face yeah. jacks of an 18th century ball is uh, your one Jane. She she yeah. catches the attention of Mister Bigley yeah. and they have a ch- conversation, which is basically second base by the by the by the, by, by the judge of this movie yeah, and, by, the, uh, by the era standards and uh that it's all kind of you know mm-hmm. expected that they're going to get married and stuff and mm-hmm. um you know there's a there's a, all... a very important big ball he ho- she her mom in like the spirit of matchmaking sends her daughter to the the house she gets invited over to visit his sister and like she refuses to send her daughter with any kind of care or cover so she gets caught in the rain and she catches covid and she has to stay in the house and um 
Elizabeth goes over to take care of her and that kind of like cements the relationship and sort of sets up a bunch of the stuff for the movie going forward. That's how they like actually get to know these rich people that in real life they probably wouldn't have met. Um, yeah. And then like what? So she's stuck in bed. Yeah. And then also in that house is Mr. Bingley and then his sister and Mr. Darcy as well. Mr. I'm enjoying Darcy. Mr. Darcy. It's a fantastic thing to say. Mr. Darcy. Right, Mr. Darcy. It's <laughs> what to say. Um, I was off the rails already. And yeah. so then she's sick. She's there. She needs some company. Oh, look, Kira nothing like, like a sick woman in the Regency there. era. So I'm going to walk because All I like women walking. Know. All women know that if you want to get a man, you gotta like, you know, faint near him, get sick and have to stay in his house. These are the tricks we employ on the reg to try and reel in a rich husband. But Kira Knightley shows up. They're all like, mm-hmm. Mr. Darcy, you're a dickhead. And how is my sister getting on? So all of a sudden, Kira Knightley's staying overnight. Then they're all getting on fine. There's a weird scene where fucking Mrs. Deb. Mr. Bingley's fucking sister is like, oh, let's go for a walk here nightly. And they just do laps of the room. It's very COVID safe though, isn't it? It's very like, I've seen recently a lot of comparisons of of this taking a turn about the room being the most exciting thing any of us can do during COVID. And that's why we all really relate to these characters. Also, I love the bit in that scene where she's staying in the house where like, they're talking about what makes an accomplished woman. uh, And they're like naming things. And then, Mr. Darcy's basically trying to pay Elizabeth a compliment by saying, oh, an accomplished woman would improve her mind by reading while Elizabeth's reading. And she fucking slams the book shut and she's like, well, I won't then. It's 10 out of 10. (laughs) He's like trying to be nice and she's like, get fucked. Absolutely not. I, I, you know what I mean I'd be the same why is she there yeah. just go into a different room they're spending an awful lot of time together when they don't even fucking like each other I fucking I know this, I, oh. I need to think of the a rules of etiquette movie. in the movie. 1800s there's a lot of sitting that down seems stressful as well do you know what I mean mm-hmm. and a lot of bowing it's probably not good for the knees that's why life expectancy was so bad everyone's knees just gave in at, at an early age <laughs> not, to, also not to be speaking. a downer but life expectancy was only ever so bad because women would die in childbirth and it brought the average down <laughs> they just live yeah. for ages they're rich they or, can do whatever they want or weak knees and the thing, <laughs> speaking of speaking of uh, your life being over at an early age, fucking yeah. Rosamund Pike's like, I'm 27. I'm practically old. I need to get <laughs> my life. That's not Rosamund Pike. That's oh, a different character. One of them says it. I'm just, Charlotte expect- Lucas. Okay, oh, so sorry. Gary, look, I'm gonna reapply some structure. Right, go for it. Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth, they're having this conversation. Mr. Darcy, very, very. Um, sexually charged hand touch and hand flex oh, moment yeah. when he lets her back in the carriage one of the most iconic scenes in this movie um again a very very covid very yeah very covid sorry you're just saying to me hold on that the most iconic moment in this entire two hour no movie i'm saying is a one of squeeze. i'm saying mm. one of i mean like, any of our friends great innings for a movie in my opinion oh did you see no, that it's like squeeze? a wonderful a moment. cinematic masterpiece no, a cinematic masterpiece is the first proposal scene, but we'll get there. Okay. So anyway, he helps. They go. There's the hand flex. The hand flex heard around the world. You know, uh, look, anyone who knows anything about this movie would agree with me. Ask Circa and Orla. I can get them if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Then they have, like I said, there was. <laughs> They'll tell you. Like we send each other no, memes on Instagram yeah. about this okay, scene all the time. Comfort. No, continue with your thing. I'm gonna ring someone. Are you ringing, Circa? No, continue with your thing. Continue I'll get Orla. She's in the other room. But anyway, um, <laughs> I've lost my train of thought. You're so talking yeah, about the hand they're switch. going to the ball, blah 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 blah. But then, 
at the ball, the Bennets kind of like get a bit too drunk, basically, and and they start shiting on, and then uh, uh, suddenly Mr. Darcy goes away, and everyone, or and Mr. Bingley goes away, and everyone is shocked. Hello, Circa. Welcome to Aurelia and the Peers. You're back on. <laughs> oh my God, the chance. So look, I'm I'm kind of fighting Lily about this whole Pride and Prejudice movie, and I just think it's a bit. <laughs> okay, what's your opinion on the hand squeeze moment in the 2005 adaptation? The hand flex. It's Sorry, the, hand the hand flex, flex moment, moment Gary. Pride and Prejudice 2005. I think it's pretty good. It is kind of pretty good at showing us like, oh, oh, feeling, oh, something. But I definitely know that when I saw it for the first time, I was like. I read it as him being like, ew, girl cooties. <laughs> okay, okay. So when I was ten or eleven, so I was like, yeah, fair. Okay, no, okay, that's fine, Look, that's great. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You can you can hear this again and whenever it comes out. Right, Sergey. Thanks, Emil. Chat you. So that was Sergey. Look, so what Sergey says is it was pretty good. Like that to me, that's not a resounding, you know. No, it's it's an addition. Look, it's a, it's a, uh, see, she just texted me. She just said, it mm, is. Mm, mm, She's texting like me. Like, I have a voice. Look. I have her voice. She says, it is. You're like, oh, he's catching feelings. That's what Circus said to me in the text. And that's what it is. It's this moment where you're like, oh, maybe he doesn't hate her, even though it's really obvious that he doesn't hate her. And he's kind of into her the whole time. And she's the one that's just like, fuck this guy. But listen, Gary, the hand flex, post-COVID, that's going to be all of us. The slightest touch of a hand and we will be losing that's our fair. fucking that's minds. Fair. So, um, okay, so what I'm going to move that? on to the next part of the plot. Mr. Bingley disappears. Mr. Darcy disappears. They, they, they leave Netherfield Hall in a very dramatic moment where they put sheets over everything like everyone has died. Yeah, this is the part where they become magicians and yeah. they do the disappearing act, yeah. correct? This is the or part where it crosses over with the prestige. Okay. Ah! <laughs> this is the part where Hugh Jackman appears and... Um, that makes sense. ...goes through that trap door and then suddenly we see Hugh Jackman again and everyone's really Meet confused. Michael Caine. <laughs> Listen here, Mr. Darcy. <laughs> Anyway, so they go to steal the Declaration of Independence, so they're a bit busy. They have to leave. Just thought we'd cross over with a few more podcasts. But then, yes, everyone is devastated. So Jane, they're like, we don't really get this because Mr. Bingley was definitely super into into Jane. So then Jane goes to stay with their aunt and uncle in London. And um, and everyone's a bit freaked out. But one very important thing that I missed, but not like the audience will know, is they're all having breakfast one day, right before they get this letter about Mr. Bingley leaving. And... um, uh, then they all have to leave because Mr. Collins, their weird cousin, wants to talk to Lizzie alone. And he proposes to her and she says no. Because Wise he's woman. very weird. Wise and woman, she, yeah. And her cousin. Yeah, yeah. He's like her her cousin. That's not unusual in this era, but um, it's not good. He's a bit creepy. He's also like, they're also just super not suited to each other. And then he decides to marry her friend instead, which leads to one of the best lines in the movie, <laughs> where the where her friend is like, "I'm 27. I'm alright. I have no money and no prospects. I'm already a burden to my parents." And I feel like we can mm. all emphasize empathize with that. Um, I also have written down here one of his worst lines, uh, and how I knew he was a dweeb was uh, he comes out. Yes, I was thinking I might read to you all for an hour or two, and I'm just like, <sighs> it just stresses me out that they can't yeah. flick. Fordyce's sermons. Just, anyway, that's uh, just have written down here. Dweeb wants to read to people and think it's entertaining. Fordyce's Everyone sermons. knows it's more entertaining like, to drag your friends onto a movie podcast and talk an hour and force other friends to listen to it. That 
is the true pinnacle of entertainment of the 21st century. <laughs> Absolutely. Also, he's like way too into Lady Catherine de Bourgh. I mean, Judy Dench is pretty fucking cool, but he's way too into his esteemed patronage, patroness Lady Catherine de Bourgh. But yeah, that's it. But it does. Was she in a? Was she in the? Was she in the Downton Abbey Abbey? Yes, that house is used in everything. It's quite. Um, it's one of those reuse sets across. Uh, yeah, I just it looked a lot like yeah. the Downton Abbey Abbey, so it I does thought look it might like be that. the Abbey from Downton Abbey. We can have a Google and check, cool. but um, or we can just keep going. Uh, no, I can show. I could, we, could, I, we could do that, or I could just check my brain. Yeah, you check your uh, check your itemized brain. Hold on, uh, my brain is just my brain is just loading. Uh, it's called Rosings Manor, by the way. Connectivity <laughs> issues. God damn it. Um, but um, it's good. Go ahead. Sorry, that um sidebar allows us to go conveniently sets up the fact that Elizabeth is going to go marry or marry. She's going to go visit her newly married friend. So she goes. Um, to visit her friend and her weird cousin and her friend has done the best Charlotte's her name by the way she's done the best job possible at like avoiding her husband at all costs in her new house she's like she encouraged them to spend a lot of time outside she's got a parlour for her own particular use um, and then they get to go have dinner in the big fancy house that he's the, the got the par- patronage pars- parsonage he's got the parsonage of which is Lady Catherine de Bourgh's house it's how we meet the wonderful Judy Dench just throwing shade left right and center um uh who happens to be oh my god gary massive plot twist mr darcy's aunt so mr darcy is there what crazy fuck off yeah he's there Again, there's I a lot of birds and then he's there what mr darcy yeah he seems to be everywhere yeah. conveniently he's everywhere it's like he's following her it's like mm. it's kind of like he's obsessed with her he's going around squeezing the hands left right and center he is he's squeezing every. The hand squeezer. But um Let's this just say up, he squeezed a few hands in his day. This sets up my think what is my favourite part of the movie, which is um the music in the, this next part, it's the first time he proposes to her. And it is like the music, the rain, the like dramatic pan around the corner, such a good part of the movie. Did you enjoy it's very this the part notebook? Of the movie? Before the, the notebook. Bit. Bit. Yeah. Um no, that's but it's but yeah, yeah. Um, wait. What words are you trying to say? About? Let me check. Oh, 2004. Oh, okay, so the same brain. time. Same time. Yeah. 2004, yeah. Uh, this was 2005, yeah. so... Yeah. I guess, but they would have been filmed... I'm gonna give it to my man, Ryan Goosling. It would have been filmed before the notebook came out, but yes. The, listen, the mm, rain, uh, everyone I'll knows. I'll do intense research around this. It came out in June when okay. it was filmed over the summer. Don't worry about it, Gary. I know when this movie was made. It was made over 11 weeks in the summer of 2004. What did I think of this scene? Um, like, it's grand. It, to me, it just comes out of nowhere because, I don't know, like I said, I haven't seen this movie. So, I just thought it was like, why do you, like, I understand why he likes her, but I'm just like, why do you think she's going to say yes? She's done nothing but, like, fucking, what you call it, take the piss out of you. But that's the point. What do you mean? That is the point. You are Elizabeth Bennet in this moment where she's like, where the fuck did this come yeah. from? And you're like, where the fuck did this come from? So it's almost like they've told the story very well and you're exactly on the right page. No, 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 no. Have some no, faith no, in yourself, Gary. Have some faith in yourself. I understand. No, I understand that's what they're going for. I just don't understand the idiocy of this man. That's, I'm just like, I, I understand. the Regency the, era. I understand. It's, he's being very pride right now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He's he is. So he's proud. being very proud. Um, I'm just like, what a tool! Don't. And then she's like, I actually love him. Like, why? He's a tool. He's a tool. He's, he's only really a tool in that moment. No, um, he's a tool like up until that moment. He has no redeeming what did he qualities. Do that was... 
<laughs> like so in also, theory, like also, also, I'm gonna yeah, I'm cutting ahead here. So the the whole redeeming thing about him is that like he writes her a letter. Sorry, I'm cutting ahead slightly, and it's like, oh, okay, actually, yeah, yeah. I did this, and I helped out your man, Mister Wickham, and I was only looking after my. Pa- he could be lying. He's a dickhead. He's probably lying. As in, we don't know. Like, hold on, you have thoughts, but. but- yeah, I have thoughts. How do we know it's 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 true the other way? And this is something that kind of, you kind of lose out in the adaptation, but I don't think you lose about out in the adaptation. You just lose out about it because like modern times, it is it's super super weird and shady that Wickham told her that stuff anyway. And one thing they leave out in the movie is that Wickham has left a string of gambling debts and like. Uh, do, do you mean a hundred thousand pounds in gambling debt? Gary did a bit of research before this. Fear yeah, not. he's. I mean, he doesn't leave a hundred thousand pounds of gambling. Ah, then the, yes, view, then the five minute YouTube death. video I watched before this podcast lied to me. So what? Did, what? But what did Wickham? What did Wickham tell her again? He told her that Mister Darcy took the refused to give him the the church the the orders the um I can never get the word right the par, pa, patronage patronage he refused to make him the like religious man in his house because every rich house has a religious man's house and he wouldn't give it to him. Hmm. That's what Wickham said. And it's Wickham and Elizabeth had only just met when he tells her, tells her. So it's super weird that he's telling her that. It's like, kind of like a bit, cre- it's a bit, it should be throwing up red flags, but because she already doesn't like Mr. Darcy because he was a bit rude to her, she's like, absolutely, that must be true. She is prejudiced mm. against him. So she takes mm. all this news on. Like the movie name. Like the so movie why, name. But like, why would you believe him? He just wrote a letter. He, he's not like... Because, he because it, yeah, that's what this is losing out. When she goes back after reading this letter, she, it turns out that he like was like flirting really strongly with this woman who'd just gotten money and like then left her when her family wouldn't let him marry her. There was all this other weird stuff that comes out about him and everyone in the town already doesn't like him because he owes them all so much money. So then she's like, okay, yeah, Mr. Darcy must be right. Because what Mr. Darcy says is that... He, he says in the le- that he wouldn't take orders so he wouldn't become a priest. Um, and then he was like... Just because you okay. tell someone that someone else is a bad person, that doesn't make yeah. you a good person. That's true. So why... So I don't understand... So this is why I was just... Anyway, so he's a tool. He's just he's laying out. He's just, he's just defending himself in the like offences that she laid down. He's just like, all right, you can do whatever you want. You can believe whatever you want, but here's my side Fine. of the story. Do with it what you will. And then she's like, oh, wait, I was a bit okay. of a dick. His side of the story makes more sense. And then she's like, oh, I really fucked up, didn't I? And then, then yeah, that's it. Okay, God, Gary. But anyway, I love this bit of the movie. It's one of my favorite bits. The rain all the way up to the end of the letter when Elizabeth starts to disassociate and like misses out on time. It's like a really great, intense part of the movie. And I loved it the first time I watched it. I was about 13 the first time I watched it, I think, so... A lot of my like memories come from when I watched it that first time of being like, oh my God, this is so good. And it was so good. I was correct. What happens next in the movie, Gary? Uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, I just have Darcy's being a C word. I just have that <laughs> written down in my notes. Because before this, I have what happened to Wickham. Then I go, Darcy's being a C word. Then I have Kira Knightley is great. Um, and then I, and then to be fair to him I say Darcy does a good job of us hating him and then turning it around mm-hmm. um, and then I write Darcy's actually a good mate and then I go this is the same set as The Crown and then I go I fucking hate this movie <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I, I had a wide range of emotions <laughs> I mean plot wise after this Elizabeth goes home and um, she's all like what happens after that so she goes back she goes back uh, she goes back to her gaff yeah and... she goes back to her gaff classic Elizabeth classic Liz all I know I, I, I can't remember is the next thing all of the 
all of a sudden I remember the next thing she's on a trip with her aunt and her uncle. Yeah, so she goes back and her aunt and uncle have brought Jane back from London and Jane didn't see Bingley there and everyone's all like, oh, and Elizabeth is like, Jesus, I actually know what's going on, but I don't know if I can tell anyone. And her aunt and uncle are like, do you want to come away for some holidays? So she goes for the holibops. And at the same time, her sister goes for some holibops. Her youngest sister, Lydia, who's a bit of a bitch, not going to lie, really don't like her. She's invited to go to Brighton. So Lydia goes off to Brighton with her friends and Lizzie goes off to the Peak District up north with her aunt and uncle and her aunt really wants to visit Mr. Darcy's home and and Lizzie's kind of like this is super awkward but I guess I can't say no without explaining why so they go and um there's that lovely scene where she sta- like she sees the grounds in the house and she stands up and she laughs because in the book the line is to think in her head she's like to think I would have been mistress of all this which is a line from a letter that Jane Austen wrote to her sister after a really rich guy proposed to her and she said no um, then she like sees his estate and she's like oh to think I could have been mistress of all this it's literally taken from her own letter and put into her book and I really like that bit so who yeah so many fact attacks I'm really hitting you with all the Pride and Prejudice fact attacks today I didn't I didn't even bother look up facts because I knew you'd have a fuck ton so I was like mm-hmm. she, yeah as in once you have the little once you have the Pride and Prejudice tea bag in your <laughs> like I was just like there's no point in me coming with anything I mean um, it's just so good sort of, uh, external information on this movie so um, and then all of a sudden Mr. Darcy's there again Kel yeah. Surprise he's oh. back somehow well he he just like returns he's home he's not supposed to be there yeah. and then he is there he goes home a day early to his own home which really fucked with Elizabeth's plans and she bumps into him and it's very like ah and then they um have a a secondary meet cute both meeting with like less judgement in mind this time and, less uh, prejudice less prejudice a little bit less pride a little less a little bit less prejudice they meet and then um a little more conversation. A little, <laughs> a little less action. A little more conversation. Yeah, a little less action. And then she meets his sister. No and, hands, and no hand flexing here, no sir. It's all above board stuff. Yeah, and then he invites her, her and her aunt and uncle for dinner, and they go for dinner uh, to or lunch or breakfast, some sort of meal to his house. And his sister is there, yeah. and his sister's playing Ultimate Wing Woman as well. Uh, and yeah, yeah, because yeah, we find out that like his sister has like had some hardships in her past, and mostly being lied to by Wickham they make less of a big deal about it in the book but like he comes and tries to like steal her away from her governess and marry her in or so they make less of a big deal about it in the movie obviously I've taken the detail from the book yeah so we kind of quite like her already we kind of feel for her already when we meet her in the movie slash book at this point if we've been reading along and paying attention um mm. and then oh my god Gary the biggest plot twist What's the biggest plot twist? Do you want me to keep going? I'm just monologuing here, so like... Oh, like, please go right ahead, Lily Nolan. Well, I'm, I'm enjoying this. they go back to the tavern or the, like, kind of inn where what? they're staying. The Rosen Crown. No. It's called the Rosen Crown. And Mr. Darcy is visiting. They've just had a wonderful day of fishing. Who? They've had a wonderful day of flirting. They've fishing. had a, an amazing time flirting. together. And um, then she gets a letter from her sister Jane and everyone's like, oh my God, how great. This is like the peak of happiness, which as anyone knows is right about the time where everything's about to go to shit in a movie or book mm-hmm. um in she goes she reads the letter there's that great bit where she's going round and round having a cry i really like that um and everyone and darcy's like standing up sitting down standing up sitting down i made in my own notes that that's like that's something i thought was very music video-y and then i found out that he used to direct music videos so it all makes sense mm-hmm. but um where was i in my m- intense monologue about this movie oh yeah it turns out it turns out she gets a letter a letter the ultimate plot device in any jane austen book um, that her sister has run away with Mr. Wickham. Lydia, the ship. No way. She's run away with Mr. Wickham. The bad guy? The bad guy, Gary. The bad guy. 
It's very, very upsetting, very intense. And that is, this is like legitimate ruin for the whole family. Um, I don't know if you've seen Bridgerton. If any of the listeners have seen Bridgerton, they're very familiar with the fact that a lady's reputation and her entire family's reputation can be fucked from like, can go from zero to 90 fucked in two seconds. Um, so this is a really, really big deal. And Mr. Darcy already associating with the Bennets, like they are not of the same like level as he is money-wise, which is a big deal to these people. So already it's like tentative and then this happens and it's like, well, never gonna have, be able to speak to him again. So he leaves, they go home. They're going to try track down Lydia because no one can find them. They've like absconded together to London, you know, the city of not finding people. But then her dad comes back and they found them and they get married. Um, and Lydia comes back. Anyway, they find blah, 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 blah. They get, they get found and it's like, oh, we're saved. And then Lydia comes back and she is more of a bitch than she was when she left. And she's like, it's not, it's in the books, not in the movie. And it's in the other adaptions, not in this movie. But at one point she's like, sorry, Jane, I get to sit at the head of the table because I'm married now. And um, then, yeah. She's been a right piece of shit. And she doesn't understand that she's like literally just been saved from the brink of ruin. And yeah. it turns out they they think that their uncle found them and sorted everything out. But it turns out that it was secretly Mr. Darcy. Oh, the guy who we're supposed to all love now. Well, we do like him now because he has his no, family. It's, it's cost him a lot of money. It's cost him a lot of money to fix it. He's got a shit ton of cash anyway. It's nothing to him. Mm, true. But it's like, it's a good moment. It's a nice moment. And then... Uh, it happens slightly differently in the book. They like stay for a week. Actually, there's a bit in the book and in the other adaptation, which I know I keep jumping between all three forms. To be honest, I should have made you do more homework before it came to nope. this. Um, there's a bit where their mom's like, when they find it, she's been married. Their mom's like, amazing. I'm going to write and send her all this money for wedding clothes. And her father's like, I never want to see her ever again. You can't send her any money. She's not welcome in this home. And eventually he relents to have them for like one dinner or something. But he's just like, nope nope and absolutely nope and he's added to his other daughters he's like you're never going anywhere again because because something we didn't talk about is how um the dad like they all warned him about sending her away yeah. that it was going to end badly and he didn't listen and now he's just going to be like he's very lax as a father he doesn't really follow a lot of the rules and now he's like following the rules to the letter because he learned his lesson because this is a jane austen book so all the good people get exactly what they want and all the bad people get punished at the end everyone knows that yeah, absolutely everyone. And if you don't know that, guys, <laughs> come on, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta brush up. You gotta widen your your old scope of movie loving. That's what I would tell yeah. you. A person who yeah. knows of how every Jane Austen movie ends. Speaking of knowing how every movie, Jane Austen movie ends, Lily, how does this Jane Austen movie end? Well, so then they're just hanging out after Lydia and Wickham have gone, and they're done with them forever because they don't like them much. And then who do they spy out the window, Gary? But Mr. Bingley and it's Mr. Judy Darcy. Dead. Oh no, so mine. No, so you're you're a scene to to ahead of us. They come in, they have a chat, they leave, and they're all like, "That was weird." And then we have that great moment that I presume is your thing about Mr. Darcy being a good friend, where like Bingley's practicing proposing to Jane yeah. to Darcy. It's yeah. ten out of ten. Anyway, then he comes back and he proposes, and Jane, who is like such a good character, gets exactly what she wanted. Um. And she, you know, she's going to get to live happily ever after. And everyone's so happy and they have a lovely, there's like lovely shots of all the family hanging out at night. Just being generally happy because this will literally save all the sisters from ruin. That's how rich um, Bingley is. So Jane being married well means that like, and Lydia's married. So they've gone from five unmarried girls who are going to have nothing when their father dies and be thrown out of their house to having like 
a sister married a sister married really really well then the, the, if one sister marries well the other three are really likely to marry well so it's all just like great news all around for this family yeah and then bang 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 who's knocking at the door gary it's fucking mr darcy wrong wrong scene oh sorry <laughs> sorry uh is this is this where like you could have at least read the wikipedia Go- is this where ryan gosling comes in with the scorpion jacket no, this is where he does that thing where he's screaming about how he, Ryan Gosling, built that house for her. Ah, yeah. So, anyway, so Mr. Bennett walks through. <laughs> Mr. Bennett walks through and he declares that the Hunger Games have started. Um, Sorry, no, it, it is it is um, Special Agent M walks in, gives <laughs> Pierce Brosnan his assignment that he's to go all the way to Iceland yeah. and find out why Diamond Face is trying to get more diamonds. And I mean, you know... Then Diamond Face gets those diamonds and it all mm-hmm. goes to shit. So, but yeah, so the queen arrives and... So um, the queen from the movie Cats comes in. She's got like, a fur coat on. Judy Dench comes in fur. fully as that cat. <laughs> she comes in as the cat from... Yeah. So I, again, I'm so, pretty sure I watched this movie. <laughs> what other things has Judy Dench been in that reference? <laughs> Hold on, like, do you know what I need to do? Let me just check me old brain there. Hold on, check the brain. <laughs> oh, I need to think there. Hold on. Let me just click on that part of the brain. Yeah, you oh, click on that remember, part of the brain. Do you remember she just bursts in the door and is like, I'm Philomena. Remember that? That was good. And <laughs> uh, that movie. Desperately searching for her child that was horribly yeah. stolen from her. Yeah, classic Philomena. Um, oh my God, I forgot that Judy Dench is in Jane Eyre. Oh, did you I know just... Judy Dench plays a character called Lily in the movie Nine? Uh, she also plays a character called Lily in Angelina Ballerina, Dance of Friendship, a video <sighs> short from 2002. I'm learning so much about... Um, Angelina Ballerina. Anyway. Oh yeah, so, yeah, she is in Shakespeare in Love. Um, anyway, so Tatiana comes in after having a midnight, a midsummer night's dream, and <laughs> she's rare to go to talk all about how uh, she's Marcia Filber from Weatherby, <laughs> circa 1985. Classic. So Judy Dench comes in and it's like, hey. Hey, hey, you, Miss Bennett. What are you doing? What are you doing, chatting to me, us, uh, my, my, my nephew there, huh? I'm, I'm gonna say a line that you know is on Lily's poster, and I can't remember what it is. And I'm just like, um, are the shades of Pemberley to be thus polluted? And she's just like, what are you doing, talking to him? You better like him, or else I'll fucking get you. And then she's no, like, no, incorrect, what? Gary. She's oh, like, what the fuck sorry. are you doing, talking to him? You better back the fuck off because he's meant to sorry. marry my daughter. And she's just like, then why are you here? It's like, are you engaged him? And she's like, no. And she's like, well, you never enter into an engagement with them. And she's like, I'm not gonna prom- make promises that I can't keep, Judy Dench. And then I'll give you another um. Hang on, let me just... Hang on, Gary. I'm, oh my God, I'm slightly lot less prepared than I was about 30 seconds ago. Give me a moment. Well, I'll just keep anyway, riffing with it. I got oh, it, no. I got it. <laughs> and then in the book, when she she said, she makes this excellent escape and she goes, I take no leave of you, Miss Bennett. I send no compliments to your mother. You deserve no such attention. I am most seriously displeased. Doesn't happen. Your really. mother was a hamster it. and your father smelt of elderberries. That's, That's exactly movie, right? what she says. Wow, you yeah. really did watch this movie. Uh, yeah, she was so John Cleese in this. Oh, she was John Cleese. And then she leaves. So John Cleese, silly walk, out of the building. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Fuck off. She's so... And then she leaves as faulty ta- as Basil from Faulty Towns. <laughs> yeah. yeah, trying not to mention the war. Um, and also there is that a war fish ongoing. Yeah. 
Oh, anyway, Lily, get us back on the rails. Anyway, then Lizzie's like, wow, what the fuck? This has been a lot. This has been one hell of a night. So she goes for a walk because we know that she's very fond of walking. Uh, it's It's been earlier established in the movie, even if we forgot about it in the podcast. Um, so she's out for a walk and who <laughs> does she see on the, on the horizon? The first time. <laughs> who did she see on the horizon, Gary? Take a guess. It's only Ryan Gosling in a scorpion jacket. <laughs> What? It's not. <laughs> no, it's Nicolas Cage back the it's Declaration Judy of Independence. Dench. <laughs> I the shades of Pemberley to be thus polluted. <laughs> Sorry, it's it's it, it, She sees Mr. Darcy in the worst CGI fog you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, it's I I I think that's just to do with the digitization of some of it. But yes. Yeah. And then um, down Mr. Darcy comes through the fog with the like shirt billow, the, well the jacket billowing and the shirt open and they have a nice little moment where um, they realise that like he's like look I know you said no the last time he's like I don't want to like overstep my bounds which is something that all men should learn and he's like if say no more and you'll literally never see me again but after I saw my aunt I kind of had the idea that well you know it led me to hope as I'd scarcely allowed myself to hope before is what he actually says but he is basically like kind of got the idea that you might kind of like me now and I just wanted to see how that's going so and it turns out that she does like him and then they have to go home and explain to her family how she's kept a lot of information from them but actually Mr. Darcy's not the worst human ever like she made him out to be Mm. there's actually I, I will say I do, I do have written down here and it's actually the last note I have about the movie but it's probably the most complimentary I am to it uh, in that I forget who it was I think it was Keira Knightley when she was saying I love you to him like oh no it was he he was saying I love you to, to Keira Knightley and he like stutters I love you and I I yeah. just really enjoyed the delivery I just thought that was because I've never seen that before where someone stutters on that line Um, I just yeah. really enjoyed it and I was like you know what he's yeah. actually he's, he's this Mr. Darcy he's a pretty good actor he's, uh, not, he's he not says a movie that yeah, he says a line that they uh, they made up, which is, you have bewitched me body and soul, and I love, then he stutters out the I love you. That's not in the book. What actually happens in the book, we don't know. Ah, so because... my favourite bit about this movie isn't from the book. Great. Yeah, yeah. Good well, in the book, we kind of like leave them to their own little privacy. It's a nice moment. Ah, and we get squeeze a... each other's hands, I see. Yeah, oh. and we get a, in the book, we get a nice like wedding, and turns out that like Lydia and Wickham, sometimes Lizzie sends Lydia money, but they're really, they're off struggling because, you know, they're the morally corrupt characters and mm-hmm. and Jane and Bingley get married and Lizzie and Darcy get married and everyone lives happily ever after. The end. The end. I just... I love this movie. I know Circa loves this, Orla loves it. It's like a really comforting movie, I think, because, you know, good triumphs over evil, but also it's just a great kind of love story. It's an iconic love story. 10 out of 10. That's my rating. What's your rating? I know you don't like movies like this, so like I know, because you didn't even like yesterday and you're obsessed with Lily Collins. Oh, yesterday can get fucked. That is is a ridiculous movie. That character suffers no consequences for his morally corrupt behaviour. Poor Ed Sheeran, I say. But, uh, and you like, um, but you loved Personal History of David Copperfield. That's a fantastic movie. If this movie, I I think if this movie didn't exist, you wouldn't see movies like The Personal History of David Copperfield. It kind of changed how people started adapting movies. I'm sure something else might have done it, but like, it is the one that did it. So, it's cool. And I think The Personal History of David Copperfield is going to have a great effect on future adaptations. I like this new literary adaption thing that we're all going for. Because we're not writing, we're just remaking old movies. And then they're like, wait a second, you mean we can remake books as well? 
So it's going to see a nice resurgence. Also, it's much cheaper than making movies like Marvel movies, so. I never want to watch anything like this again. And I can't wait. I wonder what I'll pick next. And why did you like Emma more than you like this? Emma's funny. Emma's funny. This isn't funny. This is too much fucking trash. A lot of people, like a lot of diehard Austinites didn't like the um, new Emma adaptation. Admittedly, the BBC adaptation that they made is so good that it's hard to live up to it. But I really liked it. I liked the new take on it. And you know, they tried to do a similar thing that they did here, August to Wild. They did exactly the same thing in this. This movie basically set the tone for Emma because they tried to recreate it. Joe Wright, he'd made a little bit of TV, mainly music videos and stuff. This is his first feature film. Same, Autumn DeWilde is quite a famous photographer and then she remade the, was the director of the Emma adaptation. And I think it's actually kind of cool to see how their other careers are affecting these movies. And it's just like, these movies are in so many other movies, the, the kind of core ideas and plot things. And that's why I love them so much. That's nice. And just makes that's me feel nice inside. That's good. Yeah. And that's, look, and that's all we can ask for in these dark times. Yeah. Lily Nolan. Just to feel happy. I'm stopping like, this podcast, so I'm going to say. How dare you? I feel like this <laughs> podcast okay. is just me monologuing. Were you here? Right. Did you watch I this movie? Here. I I watched it. I fucking watched it. I had to sit there and watch this movie. Oh. You didn't watch this movie. You just kept texting me and voice noting me things during this movie. No. Oh, I did. I, I this movie you just was kept talking playing. about WandaVision during this movie. Oh, WandaVision. Go, hey guys, I mean, this week's episode of WandaVision go, is so good. Go watch WandaVision <laughs> instead of this. Um, okay, look, yeah, fine. Go on. I'll give you one more thing to say. About this oh my movie god, I mean, this is a lot of pressure. If I'm only going to say one more thing about this one movie, one more thing to say. Oh god, um, I. I really like this movie. In 2005, that's the last time Pride and Prejudice was adapted by Hollywood standards. It's been a while since it's been readapted. I want to see someone readapt this movie. I want, I want full color, like to lean in. Like the world of Austin lends itself to you doing whatever you want with this movies. I love seeing a fresh take on them, like with Emma or even like with Clueless. Uh, and what would you like to see, Gary, if you were going to see this movie readapted? Who would you cast? Oh, okay. So, oh, that's a great question, actually. Oh, you should be doing this podcasting shtick. I should. Um, who would I want to see? I in the lead role of Mr. Darcy. Um, oh, that's a great question. And I want you to bear in mind that Mr. Darcy's around late twenties. He's not meant to be that Elizabeth's early twenties and Darcy's late twenties. They're not meant to be that. They're meant to be well age matched. So okay. Well, I'm thinking Anna Taylor Joy. Okay. Yeah, I feel as, like she could Lizzie. be. I'd like good. to see her as, I think she'd be a good Jane, but yeah, carry on. Yeah. Uh, or she'd or be good she'd Lydia. Be um, who else is good at the moment? I feel like Sophie Turner would be a good mm-hmm. um, Bingley's sister. Um, yeah. Think, I, I think feel like Sophie guy... Turner would be a good Bennett, but yeah. Okay. Um, and for the main cast, so okay then, for Liz then, okay, we say Sophie Turner for that. And for Mr. Darcy... The only thing I would want to see would be Ryan Gosling in a scorpion jacket. <laughs> no compromise. <laughs> right, okay, Lily, thank you. <laughs> thank you for this horrendous thing I, you've made me do. I'm so glad that you got to watch it. I think you need to expand your horizons a little bit when it comes to movies. You love a movie you love a you know, you fit a stereotype, Gary. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to make you more interesting. <laughs> no. I'll stick to it. I'll stay in my lane. I'll be comfortable. I'll stay in my own fucking manner. I won't be 
flirting with any of the other plebs that are movies like this. I'll get Judy Dench to knock on the doors of these fucking movies and be like, hey, you leave Gary alone, you hear me? I don't want any of this culture <laughs> shit compromising his very don't limited cultural Don't you dare, don't you dare darken the shades of Gary's movie watching. Ah, the shades of fucking Gary's Gary movie to, watching. Be, to be thus polluted. Nay, I say. Right. <laughs> Lily, thanks again. <laughs> So Gary, much. you are an obstinate, headstrong fool, and I feel like you could play Elizabeth Bennet in the next. Oh, I'd be the best, and, and only to be companioned with Ryan Gosling in a scorpion <laughs> jacket. Lily, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you to our listeners who've listened to this and to any other other episodes. If you want to know when new ones are coming out, you can follow us at, at Reeling in the Peers on Instagram. You can subscribe on iTunes and follow on Spotify. You can also, if you want to leave a review on iTunes. I said I'm going to do a fun thing for any reviews left on iTunes. I've said that in the last four podcasts, but they haven't been released since I've said that. So I don't know if anyone's left any, but I will be doing fun things. They are TBD. I haven't decided. So thanks again. We hope you enjoyed because I fucking didn't. So goodbye. (laughs)